12 years, you didn't even know you had a son. But then one day, I ran away from military school to look for you. And I'll never forget the words you said when your eyes met mine. You're my what? Mr. Stratton? Yeah. Are you Edward Stratton III? That's me. Pleased to meet you. Hi. I'm your son. To join this man and this woman in holy matrimony. Will you, Edward, take this woman as your lawful and wedded wife? I will. And will you, Kate, take this man as your lawful and wedded husband? I will. With this ring, I thee wed. I now pronounce you husband and wife. Everybody, Angela Bowen here, the host of Together We're Gonna Find Our Way, an unofficial Silver Spoons podcast. How's everyone doing today? Gosh, it's been a while. February 28, uh, 20, 2020 to be in fact, yeah. So today I'm going to be focusing on two episodes. I think I'm going to stick with the two episode format for now. And the episodes I'll be uh, talking about today, covering, will be Season 4, Episode 9, entitled A Magnificent Obsession, which aired on November 24th, 1985. Rick tries to win back his girlfriend when she leaves him for the captain of the football team. Oh, boy. How many girlfriends has this kid had since Season 4 started? I'd say at least a few. Seems like every other episode he's got a new girlfriend, or a new girl that he calls his girlfriend because they've been going for a while. And also I'll be focusing on Season 4, Episode 10, entitled Judgment Day, December 1st, 1985. When Edward lectures him about his poor geometry grade, Rick Rick goes crazy trying to improve it. So, A Magnificent Obsession, Season 4, Episode 9, has a 7.4 out of 10 based on 21 ratings. We have new guy, uh, new friend for Rick, who plays Brad. We have a girl named Amanda, played by Tina Caspery. We have Larry Poindexter, who plays Matt Henderson. I'm guessing he's the football guy. We got WZIN DJ, played by Mimi Seaton. And John Simone, who just plays some random teenager. He just plays teenager. This episode was directed by Jack Shea, writers David W. Duclan, the creator, Ron Levitt, Michael G. Moy, Ken Cinnamon. Oh, that's a cool last name. I like Cinnamon. Karen Wengrud, Ben Starr, Martin Cohen, and Howard Leeds. See, there's no trivia for this episode. Alright, so when I get done covering this episode, I will go into the rating for Season 4, Episode 10. Of course, before I officially get into the episode, I'd like to let you know where you can go to follow along with the podcast on social media. You can go to Facebook, 
Together we're going to find our way on unofficial Silver Spoons Podcast. You can go to Instagram at Silver Spoons Podcast. You can even send an email if you want to let me know about what you think of the episodes, what your favorite parts were, what your memories of Silver Spoons are. I would love to hear from you. Send an email to silverspoonspodcast at gmail.com. All right, let's jump in with a magnificent obsession. All right, so we come out of the intro. We're in Rick's room. He now has a, a five and a half to six feet tall mirror in his room so he can check out his reflection. Looks like he's getting ready to go out on the town somewhere. Um, we do get an uh, instrumental version of a song. I thought it was called, like, We Belong Together or we, You Belong to Me or something. But, no, it's Glenn Frey's You Belong to the City. I'm like, I know that tune. And, of course, it doesn't have the lyrics or anything, but I'm like, I know that song. So he's just checking out his reflection. He's kind of doing the Mike Seaver thing with the blazer over a button-up top. Now he's going for the newsboy cap with a cream blazer and a short-sleeved shirt underneath. I like how the show is really kind of starting to appease the, the sex appeal of, you know, Rick now that he's like 15. He's trying to get the teenage girls in... Uh, I think the next outfit he wears is going to be a blazer with, like, no shirt underneath. And I'm like, oh, yeah, go with that. <laughs> but no. Now he is wearing a gray with a black and white stripe button-up with kind of a bluish green, like, maybe even a teal or seafoam green shirt underneath with sunglasses. So he's just trying on different looks to see what would look better. And I love how he's posing like all tough and everything, like trying to perfect his image. Of course he doesn't like his look there, so he just sticks his tongue out at himself in the mirror. Oh, this is nice. Oh, I like this. He's got... <laughs> no way is he getting out of the house just wearing a blazer with no shirt underneath. I mean, it's New York. It's not Florida. But even in Florida, you would not. Unless it's like June or July. I don't know. I mean, he looks good. I'll tell you that much. He's got a cream bla white blazer with no shirt on and like black pants black jeans not sure i'm sure your your girl will think that's good though <laughs> and i definitely could see how it looks like ricky schroeder is starting to get some abs there and a defined chest i'm sorry i'm ogling he just takes one look at himself and she's like mm -mm, nope not not the look I'm guessing he's just going to settle on the smoky gray blazer with the gray, black, white, thin striped shirt button up underneath. So he's going back to that. All right. He just throws his hands up exasperated like, I guess I'll go with this. All right. So we're downstairs. Edward and Kate have set up a card table. They got tea or coffee. Not sure which. Of course, it's got to be winter because Kate is wearing a heavy sweater that's got a, like a a big long kind of turtleneck type collar on it i'm guessing they're playing gin because it seems like whenever a card game gets together if it isn't poker then odds are it's going to be gin or gin rummy or whatever you call it oh 
I just went back. They are playing the lyrics to the song. Okay. I'm going to play this clip because this is just sweet. You know, Edward and Kate, a married couple. They're just playing cards together. It's so, it's adorable. As Rick comes down because he's got a date. You're saving threes, aren't you? <laughs> no, I'm not. You mean if I discard this, you promise not to use it? I promise. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, come on now. I look really stupid, right? No, you'll cut. I do it. This outfit is terrible. <laughs> I blew three months' clothing allowance just to look like Zippy the Pinhead. No. <laughs> You look like you should be on the cover of a magazine. Oh, heck, yeah. yeah. True geek. Oh. I'm so nervous about boy. This girl must really be something. Dad, this is not just a girl. This is Amanda Belson. She's incredible. Who? She's got these eyes. Oh, God. And these lips. And these teeth. Dude. And these... We don't need to picture that. Yeah. I still can't believe she said yes. I still can't believe I said, golly, are you sure? <laughs> I take it you're not eating at Bun and Run. No, we're having dinner at Pierre's. Whoa, that should sweep her off her feet. Oh. Yeah, that place is supposed to be great. The only thing that can go wrong tonight is me. Rick, relax. The important thing to remember is don't let the salad dressing dribble down your chin. <laughs> Conversation dries up. What if we just sit there staring at each other? What if I float out of my body and can't get back in? Good chill. My body lots of times always got back. Mm -hmm. Every time, son. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> uh, wait a minute, Rick. Your collar is a little funny. Pierre's is a very expensive restaurant. Oh, Kate, I have enough money. Rick, it's a French restaurant. No one ever has enough money. <laughs> hey, Rick. Dad, I don't want to be late. Restaurant's kind of expensive. Huh? Oh, God. How much are you guys giving him? Keep this up. Maybe I can take it to a French restaurant in Paris. So Kate kind of figures, you know, they're playing cards. She figures Edward is hoarding his threes. He's like, oh, no, no, no. And she's like, fine. So if I put down this three, you're not going to jump on it? He's like, oh, of course not. Soon as she puts it on the table, he's like, no, get boom. <laughs> oh, my gosh. He just, he looks like he would be a ruthless card player or board game player. He really, really does. There's no shame in winning. I mean, hey, if you're going to win, may as well celebrate it. So apparently Rick blew three months of clothing allowance. Don't know how much, but it was probably a bit. I mean, he's a teenager. He's 15. Wants to look good for the girls. He looks, he's dressed in sharp. He really, really is. But it's that every teenager goes through it. They don't like how they look. They don't like how they look in their clothes. He's stressing out. And Edward's just like, son, this girl must be got you going, you know, crazy here. Because you're all, you're like a nervous wreck. And, of course, 
Rick's like, oh, well, Dad, she's not just a girl. She's, like, the girl. Amanda Belson. Why do I get the feeling? Okay, I'm going to go out on a limb here, okay? This is my theory. As I've said in the past, I have not, I don't watch these episodes ahead of time. My reactions are true reactions of the episodes. Here's my theory. Because Rick does say, I can't believe I asked this girl out. And I can't believe she said yes to me. And I can't believe I said, are you sure? Okay, here's what I'm guessing. I think this girl said yes to Rick because, as I read in the summary, I guess she was dating a football player or something. Here's my theory. And you guys will probably agree with me. She went on a date with him to make her football boyfriend jealous because, well, the summary is like Rick loses his girlfriend to a football player. This has got to be like an ex-boyfriend or something. She's going out with Rick to make this guy jealous in hopes that the guy will take her back. That's what I'm going to go with. And I don't like every time the episode has to deal with Rick and a girl, it's always his girlfriend what? Just say a girl he's interested. Why? Girlfriend kind of implies you've been on a few dates and you're seeing each other exclusively now. Not, I'm dating a girl for an episode or a week and she's my girlfriend. No, that's, I don't know. But teenagers, they move fast. I mean, maybe in 1985 they move fast. I don't know. I was three in 1985. I wasn't dating anybody then. I didn't date anyone in high school either, or junior high, so I don't have any real experience on the dating scene of high schoolers, which I'm sure is a lot more different in 2020. So Rick is just in La La Amanda Belson land. He's like, oh, Dad, she's got these eyes and these lips and teeth. And Edward's like, son, son, you don't, I don't need a picture in my mind of what she looks like. I can tell you're clearly infatuated with her. So he's taking Amanda Belson to a Pierre's, which is a French restaurant. I'm like, you're taking a girl... I, I get you want to treat her right. You want to give her the best that you got. You want to show her a good time. But it just seems like, I mean, it's a French restaurant. It's most likely expensive because not only does Kate give Rick money, Edward also gives him money. And Rick's like, wow, if I keep going, I might have money to take her to a real French restaurant in Paris. <laughs> but it just seems like if you're going to blow money like either... Definitely want to show the girl, like, hey, if you go with me, I'm going to take you out to nice, fancy, hot places. He's, like, really, really trying to impress this girl. But it just seems like a French restaurant, if you're going to spend a lot of money on someone, that seems like something you do if you were in a relationship for, with, for a bit with someone. Like, say you're celebrating your one-year anniversary together, and you're like, you want to go all out. I wonder how much Rick's clothing allowances, because he said he blew three months worth. And this is 1985. I'd say $100 could probably get you quite a bit of stuff. So Rick, of course, is not just worrying about, you know, the place. He's taking a girl like, hey, it's gonna, this place is great. It's supposed to be awesome. But I'm really worried about the mistakes that I'm going to make. Oh, there's a lot of foot traffic and a lot of cars going by on my road. Anyway, 
he's really worried, like, oh, what if I mess up? What if we run out of things to say and we just stare at each other? Guys, come on. You're teenagers. There are a billion things. Movies, music, books. I don't know if Rick likes to really read or not. He doesn't seem the type, to be honest. But, um, does she play video games? There are all... People you go to school with. What's the latest gossip? What's going on in school? Let's talk about sports. What are you into? That guy. There would be no reason for kids to run out of anything to say to each other. Honestly. Adults, it's another story. But kids, there should be no topic left untouched. So I really like Edward, like, son, relax, it's going to be fine, just make sure your salad dressing, because they are going to a French restaurant, and they're probably going to have salad. Make sure it doesn't dribble down your chin now. Like, I'm sure they're going to supply them with cloth napkins. It'll be fine. Rick even asked, what if I float out of my body and can't get back in? What? Okay, you're 15 years old. Why are you talking about out-of-body experiences? This isn't insidious, where when you fall asleep, you leave your body. But everyone's like, oh, don't worry about that. I mean, I left my body lots of times, but I always, always got back. Like, okay. So Rick leaves, and just as he opens the door to leave, Dexter's coming in. So I'm guessing, was Dexter on a trip? Was he away? They're like, hey, Dexter, how's it going? And Dexter's got, like, some, like, paper-wrapped package under his arm. It looks like it could be a painting or something. But, of course, before that, as I mentioned, how Kate gives Rick money. And Rick's all like, no, Kate, trust me, I got money. And she's like, Rick, it's a French restaurant. You're always going to need money, like, more than you think. But this isn't Olive Garden. This is Pierre's. Oh, she's like, it's a French restaurant. No one ever has enough money. And then, of course... Edward jumps in, like, oh, I thought he was, like, gonna give him, like, last-minute advice, like, oh, son, don't go too far now. You you be careful. Things happen. Uh, no, he just gives him more money. Like, sweet! He went to Chicago, Dexter did. That's like a painting that he's holding. I wonder what it is. I thought I was the only one that said brave the elements. Or referring to the weather as braving the elements or something like that. I guess I'm not. Dexter beat me to it. I bet, yeah, it's a it's a painting of somebody, maybe. I don't know, we'll see. of a leg? Oh, that's cool. Is that Bob Cratchit? Is that Norman Rockwell? Is it a Norman Rockwell? What is it? That looks like a Norman Rockwell painting. No! Several others. <laughs> Wait a minute. What's this? There's something under here. This painting is over another one. Really? Uh-huh. Uh-oh. Right here, look. It's, she's right. 
Well, what is it? Oh, no. Is what? it stolen? Well, I was just reading about this little old lady who took this painting to an art dealer to have it cleaned, and they discovered another painting under it. A genuine Rembrandt. <laughs> what? Hold a minute here. You're not suggesting we strip the old accountants. Yes. Well, of course not. We know what that means to you. I can't help wondering what that signature is. A S S O. Maybe it's Okay. Couldn't be a Picasso. Picasso? Strip the sucker. Yeah, let's find out. Do we get to find out? Okay, um, here's a quick question. Hamburgers, what's it called? Hamburgers? Leave it to burgers. This isn't a French restaurant. They didn't even dress it up. I thought he was going on a date. Do we, do we just see, like, the after effects of the date? You're just talking about the date. I'm guessing maybe that's that. Like, hey, they went to the French restaurant. It was awesome. Now we're going to have lunch at Leave It to Burgers, and we're going to talk about the French restaurant. Or maybe it's been, like, a week since the French restaurant, and they're just hanging out. I don't know. Let's find out together. Oh, he's wearing my favorite color red. You know, I thought I was pretty clever to tell the head waiter we were newlyweds. Yeah, but he still made us wait an hour for a table. Maybe I should have slipped him more than a quarter. <laughs> I know what I thought was the best part of the evening. So do I. The chocolate eclairs. Apparently eclairs uh, Trump making out with Rick. Guy 25? Well, he's so upset about our breaking up. I can't blame him. When you've been to heaven, it's hard to go back to Hackensack. Can I talk to you? This isn't the time, okay? She's on a date, man. Yeah, right. Isn't life the best? 
So, babe, how's he holding up? Matt was really upset about us going out. He told me he ripped the door off his locker. Maybe he just forgot his combination. <laughs> Do you think that's funny? No. You shouldn't make jokes about Matt. He was emotionally devastated. Then go date him, then! Sorry. Why'd you break up with him, then? to the ZZ Top concert <laughs> next week. They're your favorite group. Rick, this is hard for me to say. I like you. A lot. Oh god, you breaking up with him? But I think I'm gonna start seeing Matt again. Ah! I'm really sorry. I'll slap you! How dare you! But I thought he said he couldn't live without me. And you fell for that? Really, girl, you stupid? That's Matt. <sighs> Goodbye, Rick. Get out of my face, Thanks girl. I am so angry right now. <laughs> She liked the chocolate eclairs. She even dreamed about the chocolate eclairs. And apparently that was better than sucking face with Rick Stratton. Okay, whatever. So look who happens to roll in, but Mr. Matt the football player, uh, ex-boyfriend of Amanda. It's like, dude, she's on a date, man. What are you doing? But apparently he's so broken up. He's just, I gotta talk to you, Amanda. So she's like, okay, well, Rick, I have to talk to Matt. So Rick goes over, and wouldn't you know who's, like, sp well, I wouldn't call them spying, but they're uh, Alfonso and Brad, the new trio, because uh, Freddy, we haven't seen him for a bit. His last episode is actually coming up in, like, four or five episodes, The Three Musketeers, and then, boop, he's out the door. Um... But they're like, hey, Stratton, we want deets. How'd it go at the French restaurant? And Rick's like, oh, it, it, it went. <laughs> and um, they're like, wow, you're a pretty private person if you won't even, like, fill us in on what happened and what you did, what you had to eat. Like, we need your expertise. This could really help us in furthering our um, dating lives as well. But, of course, he's not giving anything up. And he's kind of looking in the mirror over Brad and Alfonso's head and, you know, watching Amanda talk with her ex. So, we see Matt leave. Rick goes to sit down with Amanda. And this girl, oh my god. She's so concerned with the fact that this boyfriend of hers uh, is emotionally devastated. He ripped the door off his locker and Rick is like oh maybe he couldn't remember his combination the girl is the gold like you think that's funny and Rick's like uh, no <laughs> like this girl's defending him and everything and he's like hey next week we'll go to the ZZ Top concert since they're your favorite band and she's like she takes his hand and says Rick I like you, but I think I'm going to continue to see Matt, or I'm going to get back together with him. I'm like, what is your... Oh, my God. I can't believe you took this girl to a French restaurant. What a waste. I figured. Didn't I say that? I said that she was using him most likely to get back at her ex, who now is pining away for her. And she's just going to go back to her ex. 
She was using you, buddy. That sucks. Yeah, when Rick laughs about the whole Matt ripping the door off his locker, she's like, oh, you shouldn't make jokes about Matt. He was emotionally devastated. I'm like, then why are you still sitting here? Go run after your ex-boyfriend and get back together with him. Well, she does because he's, like, outside honking the horn. It's like, forget this girl. This Amanda Belson, whoever. Whoever. Who cares? You're yesterday's news. How dare you do that to this boy? He deserves so much better. So it's kind of interesting in, you know, now that Rick is getting older, it seems like this is a good way for kids to be able to re relate more to Rick now that he's older. You know, teenagers can relate to, you know, Rick, you know, not liking school, going out on dates. Uh, he's some eye candy for the girls with, you know, having his shirt off and stuff like that. And it's just, I, I definitely, because in the beginning, I mean, Rick was like 12 and stuff, and some of the stuff that he went through, it's like, maybe young kids, how much are you going to be able to identify with a kid who finds out that his dad is a bazillionaire and owns a toy company and lives in a really cool mansion? Not many. But like I said, now that Rick's older, he's going through the average things that teenagers are going through, like with school, going out on dates. Um, this season, I'm really, as much as I was looking forward to the wedding episode in season three of Kate and Edward, I'm really looking forward to the drunk driving episode coming up this season, One for the Road, parts one and two. Oh, we get Edward singing a song. Oh, I love his voice. He's got such a good John Denver quality voice. Oh, give me a break. The girl's a loser. Nothing is ever going to happen with Amanda. <laughs> I thought you two were getting along so great. Yeah, we were. Until her ex-boyfriend demolished a locker in her honor. You mean she's going back with him? Yeah. Just because he said he couldn't live without her. <laughs> Who can? Well, I know this doesn't mean much right now, son, but there are other girls out there. Yeah, really. One's at one. Dad, you're asking me to go back to Hackensack. <laughs> <laughs> How about someone's gonna right. treat you decent? If this girl is all that special, why don't you go after <laughs> Dad, she doesn't want me. I'm not good enough for her. What do you mean you're not good enough for her? That's a ridiculous thing to say. See? Who wants a guy <laughs> who says ridiculous things? <laughs> is this girl important to you or not? Dad, you're talking to a guy who slept with her dinner napkin. <laughs> Okay, that's what desperate. What? And have her think I'm some kind of sicko? <laughs> what do you care if it works? And what if it doesn't work? You feel any worse than you do now? No. What do you got to lose by trying? You know, Dad, you're right. I'm going to work 24 <laughs> hours a day, seven days a week to get her back. And if it doesn't work... It seems I'm blaming you. I it seems like a waste. She already said she don't want you. Why waste your time? So that's what we get. Just Edward strumming on a guitar. Not I thought he was gonna like play the song. What is it called? Like All Out of Love? I something like that. I, I, that would be cool. I, it sounded like that. But of course, no. He's just kind of picking at the guitar while Rick is 
saying like, oh, it's over, she'll never want me, and Edward's telling him, no, you, if you really like this girl, you really should go after her and show her that you're the one that she should be with. I'm like, no, she made her point. Why would you want to be with, I get he's a teenager, his mind's like all over the place, but it's like, I'm sorry, but if I were on a date with somebody and they dissed me and went back with their ex, would I give that person the time of day? Heck no! I'd be like, bye! See you! Sorry I've wasted my money on you at a French restaurant! But apparently Rick is going to spend 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, trying to get this girl back and prove to her that he is the one she should be with. You're wasting your time, Rick! Move on! Rick's in his room. He's got... I thought there was a computer monitor, but I think it's his TV. He's got Amanda's name and a bunch of different colors. He created, like, some computer graphic thing to throw on his screen. Like a screensaver, I think. I think now he's calling into one of those hotline... Not a hotline, but the, um... The radio station. Like, Delilah would do, like... You could call in your dedications and stuff. Like, I want to dedicate this song to... The Girl I Love, Amanda, and I wanted to play, uh, I don't know, what song was popular in 1985 that was a love song? Jeremy, help me out. What's that? What popular love song came out in 1985? 1985? <laughs> yeah. I don't know about Take On Me. Take On Me. How about that? that? One came out in 85, but Probably didn't come out in 85, but... Yeah. <laughs> this person's got a jersey ass, I'm like... He's like, oh my god, you can't can't like I can't do it that sounds like a high-pitched nasally voice but uh <laughs> Mr. Mister's Broken Wings is that that song that goes take these broken wings um so is that how it goes yeah I think so. something like that okay okay so that is the song the broken wing song I'm gonna play this clip <laughs> somebody 
who's disgustingly, utterly devoted, Mr. <laughs> Mister's broken wings from Rick to Amanda. <laughs> So, can I say that Rick is obsessed with Amanda? Oh my gosh, you want to know what this reminds me of? <laughs> I just thought of it. 1998's uh, Can't Hardly Wait, where Preston Myers is... Is it, is it Preston Myers? Preston was in love with Amanda Beckett, played by Jennifer Love Hewitt, who was dating... Mike Dexter, the football star. Hey, this is the same scenario practically. Because he was trying to get on the phone, person was, to talk to Barry Manilow and ask him a question. <laughs> that movie, oh my gosh, that movie is so hilarious. But Rick has spent two hours trying to get a hold of the DJ to request Broken Wings by Mr. Mister. And Kate comes up. She's like, um, aren't you supposed to be studying for your exams for tomorrow? And he's like, no. Well, I mean, there are more important things, like Amanda. And Kate's like, you know, there are other important things, you know, that you should probably be worrying about. And he's like, no, no, there isn't. He's even got a giant poster-sized picture of Amanda with a big, you know, 80s hair, because it is 1985, and like a cheerleading suit, or, um sweater and skirt and he's just like oh my gosh this kid is exactly like Preston from can't hardly wait he is so he's such a Preston and nothing Kate says is gonna get him off of his Amanda cloud he tries to call Amanda to let her know like hey turn on your radio they're playing broken wings they dedicated the song to you he calls the wrong number and gets like an uh housekeeper who only speaks Spanish. Kate is just like, this boy is like in over his head. So Kate leaves. I guess she was dropping off like some dry cleaning, like a suit or maybe one of his blazers she had pressed at the dry cleaner and brought it up to him in one of those uh, bags, you know, the dry cleaning bag. So she leaves. He turns on the radio. Broken Wings is being dedicated to from Rick to Amanda was disgustingly devoted to Amanda and Rick just falls back on his bed he's like ah to be a teenager again and have this be your biggest problem ever in the world that you can't think straight you can only focus on the object of your affection you guys have probably heard me say on the Full House podcast I don't know anybody that looks good in any type of yellow clothing I just no they got some Venetian blinds for that little bay window area that Rick has. Oh, that's about time they got something like that up. Make it look more like a teenager's room. Wait, no one's like peeking. How many people have come up to that window? A lot of them. And probably peeked in that window while he's like undressing. or I don't know. I mean, if any girl had the hots for Rick and wanted to do that, they probably could. But now he's got, you know, the Venetian blinds there, so. Yeah, Kate even told him, like, don't you think you're getting a little carried away with this whole uh, Amanda upset? She goes so far to not call it a, an obsession. But he's like, oh, if I had money to buy advertising on television to promote and 
show my love to Amanda, I would. I was like, what if it was with guys being obsessed with the man? There's another movie, what, Some Kind of Wonderful with Eric Stoltz. He's obsessed about a girl named Amanda Jones who's played by Leah Thompson. It's like, guys obsessed with girls with the name Amanda. I, Amanda, I don't get it. Okay, so this is clearly plot B, which isn't much of a plot. Dexter and Edward are downstairs. Dexter's like, she should have been back from the art dealer a while ago. Because I'm sure they ripped the uh, the Norman Rockwell old accountant painting just to see if that was a Picasso. Which maybe it was, maybe it wasn't, I don't know. I bet it was a fake. You cover up a Picasso and try to sell it as something else. Remember in Titanic when Rose, when they were boarding the Titanic and everything, she had all her paintings, she had to bring all her pictures with her, and it was Picasso, and Cal, um, Cal played by Billy Zane, was like, oh, something Picasso? <laughs> he won't amount to a thing, believe me. Like, yeah, right. Well, let's just say he amounted to more than you ever would. So Dexter's all like, where's Kate? She shouldn't have been back an hour ago from the art dealer. And Edward's like, well, she probably made off with the money and uh, skipped out to Tahiti or something. I don't know. By the speaking of money, what are you going to do with your half? I don't think they're good. I think it's a fake. It's not a real Picasso. And nobody's getting anything. That whole thing that Kate had said about some old lady, like, taking old paintings and, like, uh, repurposing them and selling them or whatever she was doing. I, th I wonder if that kind of, like, it's a fake. I'm kind of curious. She should have been back from the art dealer an hour ago. Where is she? Maybe she sold the painting and ran off with the money. <laughs> Speaking of which, have you thought about how we'll split it? I just assumed it would be 50-50. Although I was the one who found it. <laughs> That's true. Although we were the ones who found the signature. Well, <laughs> yes, of course, but you know, some people might think that was a technicality. <laughs> I mean, I bought it. You gave it. <laughs> As a gift. Out of friendship. <laughs> well, what happened? It's a Picasso. Oh, no! <laughs> it was put out by Peter Picasso Paint by Numbers Company, Cicero. <laughs> it's worth nothing! <laughs> oh, Paint by Numbers! <laughs> Come on now. Oh, 
turns out the painting is a dud. It was a paint-by-numbers type of thing, which made me think of um, the adult coloring books that kind of have become a thing in the last year or so. I remember paint-by-numbers. Those are kind of fun. And to think if it had actually been a Picasso, they would have, like, torn each other apart. I mean, Edward and Dexter were already arguing with each other, but trying to be polite about it. I wonder what that box with the stain, that pink box with the stain on it was that was on the coffee table. I'm like, it had to be like baked goods. And Dexter is so depressed, he pulls out a chocolate eclair, takes a bite of it. Rick runs out like, Dexter, don't! Those are clear chocolate eclairs for Amanda. And Edward's like, yeah, Amanda is a girl that Rick has a crush on. And I'm like... Uh, more like he's obsessed with her, and it's not healthy at all. So, Dexter tells Rick, like, a way to a guy's heart is with food. way to a girl's heart is by using your heart, right, or a poem. And Rick's like, you think that will work? And Dexter says, well, can you afford a Porsche? Which, I thought they were just called Porsches. I don't like the word Porsche. I like Porsche. But... Of course, Edward's like, a poem? Really, Dexter? I think that went out about 200 years ago. You never know, but this girl, I, mm, I don't know. I, I really feel that Rick has wasted a lot of time trying to get this girl to like him and dump her boyfriend when he could have spent time finding another girl who would have, like, maybe, okay, here's my theory on how this will go. I think... Rick is going to recite a poem to Amanda. She rejects him. But another girl comes up and says, Rick, I really liked your poem. I felt like you were speaking to me. I've had a crush on you for a while. Will you go out with me? I think that might be how this ends. Let's find out. I'm curious to see if my theory is right. Or don't use your name. That's a song. Wish me luck, guys. Go for it, She's gonna mangle. So what? We're always getting mangled by ugly girls. Hi. Hi. Is it okay if I sit down? Shut the hell up. Uh, well, 
Amanda, I have to ask you, girl. You really want to be with a jerk who's going to embarrass somebody who's got real true feelings for you? Really? And the fact that these other kids are so interesting. Oh, this guy's going to humiliate this kid. Let's listen to this poem that this kid wrote about this girl. And they're all, like, interacting, like, oh, my God, be still my heart. <laughs> it's like, and Rick finally, like, rips the poem out of Matt's hand and runs off. I mean, I like how Amanda kind of put her hand on Rick's almost, like, to, uh, like, I'm sorry, he's embarrassing you. And Rick just takes off. And you see Alfonso and Brad are just like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you're, I feel bad for you, Rick. Of course, everyone heard about Rick dedicating that song to Amanda and Alfonso like next time maybe don't put it on the radio I'd be like next time how about you don't use your name and her name so Rick was embarrassed now we're back at home in the living room Edward and Kate she's sitting on like an ottoman or so a wicker, a piece of wicker furniture bench, and he's getting the fire ready. I don't know what they're about to do. Maybe they're just hanging out, having some tea, hanging out by the fireplace, and Rick's going to come in and just be all upset and cry. And like, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. She hated the poem. The man embarrassed me. Come on, come on, man. Maybe he's finally realizing that I'm trying to impress this girl. She clearly is not interested, and I need to move on with my life. Because she's not worth it. I, I don't know. Maybe in the end, maybe Amanda will surprise us. Maybe she'll come to the door and say, I really like what you said about me in your poem. The fact that you even wrote a poem all on your own says a lot about you. You're sweet. You're caring. And I should have appreciated you. Will you give me another chance? That's what I think. <laughs> oh, dinner be ready in ten minutes. I've given up eating. What? Dad, would you stop asking all these questions? This is one I don't want to talk about, okay? Okay. Jeez. I mean it, Dad. What do you think happened? I don't know, but I'm gonna find out. If Edward, he He's... said he wants to be left. Leave him alone. Yeah, it's true. You should listen to him. Give him a space. If he wants to talk, he'll come to you. Yep. Come on, Edward. Just leave him alone. So Rick comes in. He's going to go upstairs. But of course, Edward and Kate hear him come in. Like, hey, Rick, dinner's in 10. Rick's like, I'm not eating anymore. And, of course, like, what? Why not? And then Rick, like, blows up at his ass, like, hey, don't ask me any more questions, okay? Don't ask me about it. He goes upstairs. Edward's like, well, I'm going to find out what this is about. And Kate's like, he just told you not to ask him. If you go up there, he's going to resent you. He's going to hate you forever. Just leave it alone. It's like, yeah, give him his space. If he wants to talk to you. He eventually will come and talk to you about this, but give him his space. Edward's like, oh, no, no, I got to find out what's going on with my boy. I got to find out what's going on. Wait, you know what's going on. He's got an Amanda obsession. He Clearly, he was embarrassed. Something happened at Hamburger Burgers or Burger, leave it to Burgers or whatever you call that place. 
And now he's retaliating by the, uh, defiling the, not defiling, um, defacing the poster of uh, Amanda in a cheerleading suit. He's giving her a black mustache. <laughs> Dad, if it's you, I'm not here. Okay, yeah, right. Rick, if you don't want to talk about this, I understand. Then why are you Good. here? But if you do, I'm here. <laughs> well, this isn't a mustache, That's eh? <laughs> Dad, I don't want to talk about it. Why did you have to talk me into this anyway? You know, Dad, I may have been miserable before. But at least I had a shred of my dignity left. <laughs> yeah, let's blame him. Believe in yourself and go after what you wanted. You also asked me, what do you have to lose? Well, I found out. Why do I feel responsible and I don't even know what happened? I want to go to another school. On another planet. Tough. Won't do any good. There are women everywhere. Yeah. The one thing I've learned from all this is... To go after what you want, but hold on to your dignity. That's something. Excuse me, Rick. Amanda's downstairs. What is with the squealing? I just can't resist this face. With a mustache. Stop! You squealing child. So not only did he draw a mustache on Amanda's face on the picture, he also drew glasses. Of course, as soon as Edward comes in, Rick's all like, Dad, you told me to go for this this with Amanda, and it's all your fault. She, like, made me feel like a fool, and I embarrassed myself, and this and that. And you, why do you tell me to go for it anyway? It's like, hey, he just gave you an option. You didn't have to take, you know, I mean, that's on you. So yeah, Rick's blame, blaming Edward, saying, why did I let you talk me into this? And he says, I may have been miserable before, but at least I had a shred of my dignity. I mean, I get where Edward's coming from. You know, he wants his son, you know, to believe in himself and have confidence in everything and to go after what he wanted. And he wanted to be with this girl and, and prove, like, hey, you should be with me because I'm a nice guy and I will treat you with respect. I might stalk you, obsess over you, but that's another story. So, of course, Rick's just kind of looking for an, an outlet to place his anger and frustration and embarrassment and just saying, hey, maybe I'll throw it at my dad because he's the one who kind of told me to go after this in the first place. But, I mean, hey... And Rick even says, you also said, what have you got to lose? Well, I found out. And Edward's, like, confused. Like, he doesn't know the other half of the story. He doesn't know the embarrassment of the poem. He doesn't know any of that. Because Rick really isn't talking until eventually he gets so upset that he, like, blows up. And Rick's like, I want to go to another school. On another planet. And Edward's like, I'm sorry, son, but there are women everywhere, no matter where you go. They are both wearing blue. I just realized that. So Rick has learned to go after what you want, hold on to your dignity. And Edward tells him, you know, that's something. And Kate comes up like, excuse me, Rick, Amanda's downstairs. And Rick just starts squealing. Oh, 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 oh. It's like... Dude, chill yourself. I know you're excited, but chill your roll. Slow your roll, buddy. 
All right, so let's see how this finally plays out. Like I said, I'm guessing that she sees what a sweet guy Rick is, the fact that he wrote a poem about her and everything. Or it could go in a different direction completely, and she could say, I was so embarrassed by the poem that you wrote, and you embarrassed um, Matt and me and just stay away from me. I really think it's going to be the number one choice, which is she was really touched and moved by his poem. So let's find out. <laughs> Stop by. Rick, I had to see you. You, you did? <laughs> no one's ever written me a poem before. You liked it? Well, I only heard four lines, but they were so romantic and wise and beautiful. <laughs> the rest was just more of the same. <laughs> I can't believe Matt could be so cruel. Ah, who cares? I care. I told him I didn't want to see him for a week. What? What? Well, a week's a long time. You mean you're still going out with that moron? <laughs> what do you see in him? Well, he's sweet and kind. He's a jerk! And good looking. And he is the captain of the football team. Girl, get out of my house! What difference does that make? Exactly! I always dreamed of being the captain of the football team, Rick. And now I am. It's my destiny. Well, your destiny can lead you out the dang door. So, Goodbye. You mean I've never even had a chance then? <laughs> what can I say? You know, I've done things for you. I've never even imagined doing for other girls. Here, look at this. <laughs> this is tomorrow's eclairs. Two weeks allowance. <laughs> For what? So I might be given the chance to humiliate myself in public again? Here, you see this? <laughs> this was our relationship. First, it was incredible. And now? Yes! Smash that interface! Jerk! Not a jerk. She's a jerk. <laughs> He's lost it. <laughs> What'd you do? Strangle a baker? Yeah, you're next. <laughs> I keep the habit Alfonso. I'm free of her. That's the last time I ever make a fool out of myself for a girl again. Don't make any rash statements until I tell you what happened down at Burgers. Alfonso, I know what happened at Burgers. I mean, after you left. The girls went nuts over your poem. I think you're so romantic. Oh, he's got a list of girls' names and numbers. No, three of them wanted me to give you their phone numbers. Sweet. Are you serious? <laughs> hey, I'm writing my own love poem right now. I'm addressing it to whom it may concern. There we go. <laughs> ring, ring. Who is it? Let's go there. Watch the shirt, it's cool. Hello. <laughs> yes, this is Rick. Oh, hi, Laura. Who? Yeah, yeah, I guess I am pretty heartbroken. Do you know a word that rhymes with arteries? Ew. 
fun. Of course, I think I'm gonna need a lot of comforting. <laughs> oh yeah, ride that train. <laughs> so when he goes down to talk to her, it kind of was playing out in the beginning, like how I thought, like okay, she really liked the poem and everything. She's like, no one ever wrote a poem for me. The words are so beautiful. And he's like, oh, well, there were more. Because she's like, well, I only heard, like, four lines of it. So he takes her over to the couch. And she says, I can't believe that Matt was such a jerk and everything like that. She said, so I told him I wouldn't see him for a week. And at first, before she says that, Rick's like, all right, great. I have a chance. And then he looks at her after she says, I told Matt I won't. I agreed not to see him for a week. And Rick just looks at her like, oh, you gotta be kidding me. And she's like, a week's a long time. And Rick finally realizes, like, this girl clearly is not for him. He's been wasting his time. And he's like, I've done things for you I've never done for a girl before. You know, writing a poem and everything like that. And then requesting a song on the radio. And, and all these other things, you know, taking her out to a French restaurant and everything like that. And she's saying, like, I always wanted to date the captain of the football team. It's like my destiny. And he's sweet and kind. It's like, girl, who are you even talking about? Is he sweet and kind to you when you're in the back seat of a car? Is that the kind and sweet you're referring to? Because the man that we saw at that restaurant was a big giant jerk. Rick realizes, he even says her, so basically what you're saying is I never had a chance with you. And she's like, well, what can I say? I've always wanted to date a football player or the captain of the football team. It's like, good girl, you you go you go date that football player. Get, get out of my house. I love how Rick takes the chocolate eclairs. Like, this was our relationship. At first it was really great. And then just <laughs> smashes the two eclairs together. And she's like, ow, gross. And she leaves. Alfonso, of course, comes in. He's like, you won't believe what happened at the at the hangout or the hamburger, leave it to burgers, whatever restaurant. And Rick's like, yeah, I know. I was there. And Alfonso's like, no, I mean, after you, like, left, after Matt embarrassed you reading your poem, here is basically a list of three girls with phone numbers that were so moved and so touched by Rick's poem and a girl named Laura calls Rick, and I don't know what, you know, he agreed to do. Like, oh, yeah, that sounds like fun. And I love how Rick's, like, hands are all, like, uh, gross and nasty from smashing two eclairs together. And I love how he reaches out to Alfonso, and Alfonso, like, backs away, like, uh, don't. So Rick's like, here, I'll just rub it on my shirt. It's like, yeah, I mean, you can wash it. It's not a big deal. I'm sure they had stain remover. So, and I like how Alfonso, Alfonso is kind of taking, like, a, a page out of Rick's playbook by, like, huh, poems, huh? That might be the way to go. What rhymes with arteries? And I'm like, ew, come on, Alfonso. I think you need a little bit, you need to think more on that. And that's pretty much the episode. I thought it was cute, but... I want to wait and see how the next episode goes and see if I might like that one over this one. I mean, this one was cute, had some good songs in, in here, and um, I'll see how the next one kind of 
holds up against it. And I was like, okay, which one do I like? Do I like uh, Magnificent Obsession or do I like Judgment Day? Which makes me think of Terminator 2 Judgment Day. But I, like I said, I haven't watched these episodes. Um, how many trains do I want to give this, the train rating? I think I'm going to give it a three, average three out of five. I liked the music. I liked the dress-up montage. I liked um, Rick's poem. And let's see. I mean, I didn't really care for the whole mini plot B, if you even want to call it that, with the painting. Um, I didn't like Amanda. She was annoying and superficial and only wanted one thing, which was Matt, and she was just stringing Rick along. So, yeah. Let, uh, Silver Spoonful. Guys, if you want to impress a girl who's hung up on someone else, you need to, f like, reevaluate yourself and, like, go after somebody who actually wants to be with you. Don't waste your time on someone who's hung up on someone else because clearly that's just not going to pan out. I mean, if you got to work that hard to get someone off of somebody else, you could be spending your time with someone who actually wants to be with you and enjoys spending time with you and won't make you work hard at doing... You know what I'm talking... You know what I'm saying? Like, just... Use your time on someone who's worthy and deserving of that time, not someone who's hung up on someone else. All right, so let's talk about the next episode. Let me jump on that here. <laughs> Let me get back on that here. Silver spoons. Here we go. Look at me. <laughs> let's see. All right, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? There it is. Boom. Season 4, episode 10, Judgment Day, December 1st, 1985. It's got a 7.5. When Edward lectures him about his poor geometry grade, Rick goes crazy trying to improve it. So this is a 7.5 out of 10 based on 20 ratings. Uh, oh, we get Freddy back. Awesome. We get some Al Fan, the mailman. And William Dasher is played by Mark Gilpin, so maybe that's just another... It looks like Alfonso and Brad aren't in this episode. We got... I wonder if Brad and Freddy ever share a scene together before Freddy is, like, boop, out the door. I don't know. Director, Jack Shea. Writers, David W. Duclan, the creator, Ron Levitt, Michael G. Moy, written by Danny Callis, creator, Howard Leeds, Ben Starr, and Martin Cohen. There's no trivia for this episode. All right, let's jump right into this. All right, we come out of the intro, and Kate is having Alfonso and Rick move some boxes downstairs. There's a lot of boxes down here. I wonder what they are. Are they having a garage sale? Are they donating stuff to charity? Uh, is stuff going up for auction? I don't know, <laughs> but let's find out. Oh, it's a church. This good team, I'm on my way to heaven. You'll be lucky if you get to Queens. <laughs> Boy, some lemonade would sure taste good right now. Go make yourself yeah, some. Yeah, sure would. 
<laughs> yeah. I'll make some sense. Wanna go shoot some baskets? No thanks. Uh, he, he was talking to Rick. It's Wayne Dasher to get here. Who? Dasher? William Dasher's coming here? Who? I'm gone. Is he a wiener? What was all that about? Who's Dasher? He's a guy in our geometry class. He kind of gets on Alfonso's nerves. Oh boy. Actually, he gets on everybody's nerves. Is he kind of like Freddy? What's wrong with him? He's smart, good athlete. He does everything right. The nerve of him. Hi. I thought you were going to play. I did. I don't know how I let myself go three years without picking up a racket. Yeah, right. Want some lemonade with a splash of oxygen? I got it. Okay, it's for the church thrift shop. And of course, Alfonso's like, wow, all this hard work that I'm doing, I should sure get into heaven. <laughs> and of course, Rick's like, no, you only make it as far as Queens. I like how uh, Alfonso, he's wearing a name brand Nike shirt that's, uh, Got a hood on it, a long-sleeved hooded gray, white, red, and black with some gray sweats. So, Alfonso says adios uh, to playing, you know, hoops. I like how Alfonso's like, hey, Rick, or no, he says, hey, want to play hoops? And Kate's like, no, that's okay. But before that, Alfonso's like, Wow, you know, I really could go for some lemonade. Like, hoping that Kate will take the bait and actually make some. And she's like, oh, me too. <laughs> and Rick's like, oh, well, sorry, Alfonso. <laughs> so Kate says, after I get this done, we'll, I'll make some. So Alfonso's like, hey, want to shoot some hoops? And Kate's like, oh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> She's, like, putting, like, uh, note cards on these boxes, probably to label them to know what's on what's in what. So Rick's like, well, William Dasher is going to be here. So Alfonso's like, okay, I'm out of here, bye. And Kate's like, well, what's wrong with this Dasher person? Who's that? And Rick says, well, he's an athlete. He's also really smart. He's in my geometry class. <laughs> and he's just so perfect. I mean, he gets on Alfonso's nerves. He actually gets on everyone's nerves. And I'm thinking that sounds kind of like Freddy. This guy and Freddy probably would get along. Peter comes in. He's got his ra uh, racket with him. Edward comes in. Looks like uh, Dexter won at the game because Edward acts like he can barely walk and he is just sweating from shirt is just dripping with sweat and they're both wearing the short white shorts i'm like oh edward's legs look really nice <laughs> yeah edward just collapses back on the couch like Ugh, can't even move kate's like oh do you want some lemonade with a splash of oxygen and edward's like make it a double this kid looks like a hoity-toity rich boy in a private school. He's dressed in a blazer, a tie, a white collared shirt, and he looks like he's going to some academy of some sort. This, what sport does this kid play? Golf? Tennis? Hi, come on in. Sorry, I'm late. No problem. <laughs> I had to accept this young achievement award from the Chamber of Commerce. Mm -hmm. I hate to leave a standing ovation. Mm -hmm. I know what you mean. 
Delirious crowds are drag. Yeah, Dexter. This is William Dasher. Hey, nice to meet you, Bill. Please call me William. <laughs> Excellent taste in neckties, William. Who is this guy, Veritas? Some new designer? No, I don't know. This is the Harvard emblem. Veritas in Latin means truth. No lie? Well, Dexter ought to know one. After all, he's a Harvard man. Great, that's where I'm going to school. Oh, really? <laughs> Amazing, you know that already? Well, I've made a few plans. A few? He can write his memoirs today. Hey, that's just the old years. There's Harvard undergrad, then Harvard Law School, associate with a corporate law firm, and eventually a partnership. Wow, he's ahead of me now. <laughs> he's even got it written in his appointment book. June 1st, 2002. Become partner. <laughs> We'll celebrate, huh? <laughs> Don't you need mostly A's to get into Harvard? Mostly? You need A plus plus. Sweat. <laughs> ah, that's right. Harvard men don't sweat. <laughs> Listen, when you're ready to apply, let me know. I'm an alumni interviewer. Oh, I didn't know. Uh, I said anything wrong. <laughs> no, not at all. It's a good thing you didn't mention you missed Geometry Friday. I was busy winning a debate tournament. William could speak a hundred words a minute. With gusts up to 150. <laughs> Can I have those yarn notes? Yeah. <laughs> Did you have a test in that last week? Yeah, I got a B. I sure hope these notes are accurate. <laughs> Let's go upstairs and put some work on the computer. Of course you'd pick that one, because you always beat me. Hey. <laughs> Let's go get that lemonade, huh? I'm not thirsty. So this kid apparently just came from the Chamber of Commerce. He accepted the award. Like, oh, good golly. He's one of those, one of those stuffed shirt kids who doesn't know how to have fun fun. So Rick introduces William Dasher. And of course, straight off the bat, Edward gets up, shakes his hand, and calls him Bill. Okay, if someone said my name is, like... Robert, would you say, hey, Bob, how you doing? Like, don't, mmm. If they say their name a certain way, you're going to want, you don't, they, if they're not abbreviating their name, you don't abbreviate it for them. It's like, hey, my, my name's Billy, or my my name's William, but and then he calls him Billy or something like that. Like, no. I look up this actor, I haven't seen him really in, in anything, but he looks like, he looks like, um... I'm trying to think what that one guy's name was. So this kid, even though it's not the same kid, it looks like the actor is Shane McDermott, who was also in um, an episode of The Babysitter's Club from 1990. He was also on a few episodes of All My Children, uh, the short-lived show Swan's Crossing, which I remember watching that, and something called Airborne. But apparently he's got his whole future set a, set for him by himself. He's got his whole life future planned out for him. He's going to Harvard. In his mind, he's going to Harvard. And apparently he had uh, something going on, so he needs to break geometry notes. Oh, um, one of the things he, um, William plans to do is make partner. He's got an, uh, a book just detailing his entire life. 
his whole future. And he plans to make partner, you know, Harvard Law, make partner in 2002, which this is 1985. So that is... Seventeen years from nineteen eighty five. And it's amazing just to think that like two thousand two, I was out of high school. Um and it just seems that much more farther now, two thousand two. Oh, Dexter, of course, being a Harvard man himself, notices William's tie. And he's like, oh, Rick's like, oh, is this a new designer, this tie? And Dexter recognizes it as the Harvard emblem tie. Like, oh, okay. So, yeah, William finds out that Dexter goes to Harvard. And, yeah, like I said, he's all, you know, oh, yeah, I'm going there. And Rick, um, Edward's like, wow, you know that already? And Rick is like, Dad, he's got his whole future planned out. He's going to make partner, you know, Harvard, Harvard Law, McPartner in 2002. I noticed Rick still got that lisp as he, he says memoirs. So I think Edward isn't too keen. I mean, I know Rick did say that this William gets on everyone's nerves. <laughs> I could see in 1985 the kid dressing like that getting his butt handed to him in public school. If he's going to public school, yeah. And Edward's like, wow, don't you got to have, like, A's to get into Harvard? And Dexter's like, oh, you got to have A++ to get into Harvard. Rick mentioned, because when Rick mentions geometry, Edward's like, well, wait a minute. Weren't you, didn't you get a test back or something? And Rick got a B, which, that's not bad. A B ain't bad. Unless Edward wants Rick to get all A's. <laughs> Yeah, Rick pulls out his uh, geometry notes, and William's like, I sure hope these notes are accurate. Well, just because Rick got a B. <laughs> and of course, uh, William's like, ah, I bet they are, as he, like, takes his fist and kind of, like, rubs it into Rick's stomach. <laughs> and Rick invites William upstairs to play some computer game that he usually always beats William at. So Edward invites Dexter to have some lemonade in the kitchen, and we see... Kate in the kitchen mixing lemonade, but it looks like real. I think it's because it's one of those uh, beer pick pitcher things with what's supposed to be lemonade, but looks like it's more of a brighter orange that looks like orange juice. Oh, it's just okay. It's a pitcher that's kind of got a, like a brownish hue, hue to it, but when she's pouring it, it definitely does look like lemonade. Oh, and she's using real lemons. So, in the kitchen, Edward and Dexter are talking about William, and Dexter says how William is exactly the type of student that Harvard is looking for. Because he's like, oh, yeah, William, this William reminds me of me. And Edward's like, well, what about Rick? And Dexter's like, well, he reminds me of you. And Edward's like, well, isn't... Rick Harvard material, wouldn't he be kind of what they're looking for? And I'm like, uh, do you want me to lie to you? Because I'm going to tell you right now, no, he's not. I mean, he's a great kid, don't get me wrong, but as far as his studying goes and stuff, I mean, we've seen examples of him not really. But then again, what kid really is that about his studies? Why do I get the fact 
that Edward sees this kid, William, and sees what he wants Rick to become as a student. Like, oh, if this William's got a shot at Harvard, then clearly if I push Rick hard enough, he could be Harvard-bound too and have his whole life set up for him. Well, that dasher sure has all to go. When I was 15, my biggest goal was to finish my table lamp in woodshop. He's exactly the kind of epic Hobbit's looking for. In fact, he reminds me of me. What about Rick? Reminds me of you. Well, isn't Rick the type of applicant that Harvard's looking for? No. Rick isn't an exceptional young man. <laughs> that isn't an answer. <laughs> well, you know, Edwards, to get into Harvard or any top school move, the competition is fierce. <laughs> So, tell me about the game. He slaughtered me. You still haven't answered my question. Now, are you saying Rick isn't smart enough? No, no. He's not dedicated. He's not extremely personal. No, correction. This is already extremely personal. Oh, stop it! You know, friends should never discuss. Politics, religion, and this. Yeah. I hate these conversations. Richard is very bright. He's got a lot of extracurricular activities. If he applied himself, there's no telling how far he can go. He applied himself? He got a B in his geometry test. That's not he enough. That's this not is my enough. Final warning. Get off this subject. Yeah. The painful truth is a B won't get him into the top schools. Not when you're up against the William Dashes of the world. Rick will do fine. Fine is exactly that. It's fine. But if he doesn't do better than fine, certain doors will be shut forever. What doors? Well, suppose he wants to get into one of the professions. Medicine, law, engineering. Rick's only 15. He's a sophomore. He's got three years till college. Correction. College is here. Now, every grade he gets goes in his permanent record. Permanent, as in forever. <laughs> if he's going to get into a good school, he's going to have to buckle down before his ship has sailed. <clears throat> ship has sailed. Make it sound so ominous. That's why I don't like these conversations. <laughs> This is delicious. Is it fresher from a can? You should know. You went to Harvard. <laughs> Stop! I gotta say, I don't like Edward's attitude here towards Dexter. It's almost like he's kind of pushing Dexter into a corner with this, do you think Rick could go to Harvard? And it's like, this isn't right. So no matter what Dexter answers, unless he says, sure, I think Rick could get into Harvard, and it's like, do you want me to be honest with you? No, I don't think so, because they're looking for people that are dedicated to their studies, that put 110% into everything that they do. Sure, Rick got a B on his geometry test, but it's like, no, they want people that are getting all A's from the start of their high school education. You can't just, I mean, Rick, I get it. Rick's 15, he's a sophomore, and Edward's like, he's got three years until college. It's like, but they want to see that you're dedicated, you're buckling down, you're putting in all your effort and going over, that you're giving your all. They want to see that. They want to know that if they take you on, you're going to be re representing Harvard as a student. You're, they're going to want the best of the best. And Kate, of course, was, like, kind of trying to come between us. Like, Edward, no matter what Dexter tells you, you're not going to be happy with the answer that he gives you. 
And Kate's like, can you not talk? I mean, politics and and this and that. And then this conversation is stuff that you shouldn't be. Because she feels like Edward is going to blow his top. And I really honestly feel that this is what Edward is going to like. I want the best for my son. I want him to be Harvard bound because I can see big things for him. Dexter even says it's like, yeah, Rick does fine, but Harvard isn't going to take fine. As he gets older, they are going to be looking at his entire high school career. And he, if he doesn't apply himself now, doors will be shut to him later on. It all depends on what he's doing now and the grades that he's getting. Like, sure, he can get into college and stuff like that, but if he wants to go into certain professions like law, medical, um, engineering, stuff like that, I'd say Harvard is out. No. he Like you said, he's a sophomore. And I think this is just stemming from Edward wanting what's best for for Rick. But I think that that is just, he's just going to push his son to the breaking point. Oh, yeah. Kate's saying there are three things friends shouldn't discuss. Politics, religion, and this conversation. And Dexter doesn't want to have this conversation with Edward. It's like, why are you pushing why are you harping on this like I don't want to have this conversation it feels too personal and Edward's like well it's already personal it's like you need to stop it I'm not gonna be happy unless Dexter just lies to your face like sure Edward or Rick can be Richard can be Harvard bound sure like he'll lie to you if that's what you want to hear but if you want the truth the truth is he's not Harvard bound not now not ever and I get he wants the best opportunities for his son, but Dexter even says that, you know, Rick's got extracurricular activities, which I guess colleges also look at that as well as how involved you are in activities outside of school. And Edward's like, oh, well, Rick applies himself. He got a B on his geometry test and he hates geometry. Well, I'm sure a lot of teenagers do unless you really like it. So Dexter says, you know, uh, uh, the truth is a B is not going to get uh, Richard into the top schools. The top schools are for the William Dashers of the world. Edward's like, don't worry, Rick will be fine. And Dexter's like, yeah, Edward, he will be fine. But certain doors will be shut to him with just fine. And he says, yeah, engineering, law, medicine, if he wants to get into that stuff. Like, all the grades that Rick gets now are on his permanent, permanent record. Permanent as in forever. And Dexter says if Rick wants to get into a good school, he's going to have to buckle down before his ship has sailed. So it's like, okay, let's get off of this subject. We've I've talked about it enough, and I'm sure you guys are like, okay, let's move on from the scene. Um, Rick is in his room, just hanging out, shooting fake hoops, that kind of thing. Oh, he does have a hoop in his... I don't know. With a basketball? <laughs> Said you might want to be a doctor. I did. When did he yeah, say that? 
got a little hoop above his door and a nerf at first I thought it was a real basketball no that's I guess that's like a nerf one I gotta say every time we go to Rick's room there's something different like the last episode episode 9 that little bay nook window had like red Venetian blinds and then it also had like a weight bench now the Venetian blinds and the weight bench are gone from his room. Not to mention, I swear the comforter on Rick's bed was different, as well as the, um, the pipe-looking, you know, footboard thing. So Edward's like, hey, what are you doing? And Rick's like, oh, I'm studying. And Edward's like, with a Nerf ball? And Rick's like, well, I'm taking a break. Oh, Rick says the key to good studying is knowing when to take a break. And he tosses the ball to his dad, 
says, hey, you want to take a couple shots? And Edward's like, yeah, sure. So Edward regales us all with the tale about how one summer they were at the beach and Rick, like, helped a crab, like, gave, gave it, a, like, a, a leg splint or something like that. And how Rick supposedly at one point wanted to be a doctor. You know, I wanted to be a marine biologist after I saw Free Willy in the theater. That lasted about as far as the car ride home. Rick can't even remember this. When I was like, oh, remember we were at the beach one summer? You said you wanted to be a doctor? And Rick, like, tosses his dad the basketball, and he's like, I did? There's some things people like, remember when you wanted to this, or you said something about this when you were, like, this age? And I'm like, I said that? I did that? I can't even remember. Apparently, the crab that Rick had given a splint to fix his bum leg was stepped on by some kid. That sucks. Rick buried him in at sea in a gum wrapper. What was this thing again? A crab? It must have been a dinky little crab if it could fit in a gum wrapper. Uh, a gun ra gum wrapper. But Edward's all like, you know, if you wanted to be a doctor, you'd have to go to the best medical school, right? And Rick's like, yeah, but I don't want to be a doctor. I like... Okay, where is this conversation going? You want me to be a doctor? What's going on with all the college talk? I'm a sophomore, remember? I'm 15. Edward's surprised, like, you don't? Edward's like, no, I couldn't stand losing another patient, you know, after that that poor crab. Like, Rick's like, I don't want to be a doctor. So Edward's like, fine, you don't want to be a doctor, but of course, if you want to have a profession of some uh, type, you want to go to the best college. And Rick's like, look, is this going to be one of those conversations that we've avoided until now? It's like, Dad, where are you going with this? So Edward cuts to the chase with Rick and says, kind of points at him and says, look, you do well in all your other subjects. I don't see why you can't do well in geometry. And Rick is like, I gotta be... And Rick's like, the only thing I can do better is the A. And I can't get an A in geometry. So Rick's kind of like, I don't get it. What happened to the father that told me to go out there and have a good time? And, you know, where'd he go? And Edward's like, well, you're not 12 anymore, Rick. What you do in school is going to matter when you get out and want to start applying for colleges. It's like, yeah, Rick's a sophomore. He would have to be probably applying for colleges in his junior year. So that way he can get accepted in his senior year so he's all set to go. <coughs> I think in season five, they're probably going to be talking more about colleges and stuff. So Edward is just pretty much telling Rick he wants more for him as far as you can do a lot better than I did. I went to Aspen Junior College. And majored in downhill skiing and hot chocolate, minored in hot chocolate. So basically he's saying, I screwed around a lot in college. I didn't take it seriously. Granted, whose dime was he going on? His father's or his own? Because I can bet you if he's paying for that himself, he's not going to be screwing around in college. And he went to a junior, like a community college. He didn't actually go to like even a regular college. So Rick's like, I thought you had a good time. You know, you enjoyed going to college. I thought you liked it there. And Edward's like, yeah, I did. I had a lot of fun. But at the end of it, I kind of realized, like, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. And I felt like I got left behind. Like, probably by the time, like, other people were graduating and knowing what they wanted out of three or two to four years of college, 
Edward had probably been screwing around for so long, he didn't know what he wanted to do. He probably just got his main stuff out of the way. And, you know, you're 22, 23, people are figuring out, like, okay, at this point I'm going to have a degree I can put towards a career in something. I mean, you're spending all that money, right? And Edward's like, well, I just kind of screwed around for this many years, wasted a lot of money, and now I have nothing to show for it. But he runs Eddie Toys. Wouldn't he have to have a degree of something, business or what have you, to be able to run that? I mean, sure, he's got the money to back it up and start a business, but you got to have some business sense. I think there's an episode in season, later this season or next season where Edward, like goes to back to college, takes some college courses. I'm not sure. So Edward pretty much just lets Rick know, like, hey, I kind of screwed around college. I really wish I could have applied myself more. I don't want you to get to the feeling after a few years that you haven't really done anything with the time that you had at college that you just screwed around and stuff like that. I don't want you to feel like you wasted your years when you could have been focusing on what career you wanted after you graduate. So Edward is, uh, Rick makes a joke, but, uh, Dad, it won't happen to me, okay? I don't even like downhill, downhill skiing. And Edward just looks at him point blank and son, I am serious. You need to buckle down and take this seriously and hit the books. I can imagine this pressure is going to do a real number on Rick and to the point where he's probably going to get so stressed out that Things are going to blow up. He's going to have a big fight with his dad. Like, hey, I didn't even want to do this. I just was busting my home trying to make you happy and get an A in geometry. But it's not so much just getting an A in geometry. It's most likely getting an A and keeping that A for the duration of the time that you have the class. So, yeah, Rick is just, he's already, he's just not understanding. Like, you are fine with me getting a B in geometry. So where is this all coming from that you want me to buckle down now? You told me I could have fun in school and enjoy myself and all of a sudden you want me to be serious about my academics and really hit the books and get all A's. Edward just has such unrealistic, I mean, I don't know if you want to call it unrealistic, you know, for him to want his kid to do good, but he wants him to do more than good. I don't think if this William Dasher kid had shown up with his whole, I'm born to go to Harvard attitude, that Edward would be harping on this so much. And Rick just looks at Edward like, you know, you're changing all the rules. And Edward kind of comes back with, well, you're not 12 years old anymore. And Edward even says, whether we like it or not, the world is going to start judging you and you are going to have to perform. So Rick kind of sees, like, Edward's attitude and he's like, okay, I, I understand now where you're coming from. You want me to be more like this William, too good to be true dasher person. And Edward's like, well, you're capable of doing just as well as he does. Are you serious? You've met this kid. You've met this guy. He is nothing like your son. Your son is not the type to really buckle down and just, this kid, this William kid's got his whole damn life planned out in, in an appointment book. You really, this kid really doesn't even seem to have a real personality. 
I mean, I, nothing wrong with getting into a good college and stuff like that, but you got to enjoy some of your life. I mean, you're going to be working for, once you're out of college, you are going to be, that is it. You are working for the rest of your life until you eventually, if you can, hit retirement. You want to be able to have a little fun. Life is too short not to at least have a little bit of enjoyment. Because at the end of the day, after all of this is said and done, you're going to be asking yourself, who did I really do this for? Did I do it for myself or did I do it to prove to my, my father who apparently can't step back and look at the bigger picture here. It's like, Edward, I think this this is all on Edward, and I don't like this. It's Like I said, it's one thing where you, you want your kid to do well. It's another thing to hold him to the highest expectations based on what some other kid is doing. It's all about fulfilling potential and doing his, you know, for his own good. Oh my god. Alright, so we got Rick, Alfonso, and Freddy studying like cray-cray in the kitchen. Guess they all take geometry? Boy, guys, these late-nighters are murder. Hey, I think I see the sun coming up. <laughs> Freddy, it's 9.30. Yeah, but what an effort! Oh, 
<laughs> Who ate that? That's a Thanksgiving turkey. Okay, seriously, knock it off. I'm gonna kill you both. Maybe you don't care about your grades, but I do. You care about my grades? No. His own. Not your grades, my grades. My dad's on my case, and I have to get an A on this test. Hey, Rick. Buddy. You this line up. This is life. <coughs> I don't even know why I asked you guys to study with me. That makes two of us. Three. I hate to say this, Rick, but your charm is worn away. <laughs> Fine. Go on, leave. I'll get a lot more done without you. Come on, Freddie. Let's go somewhere where we're appreciated. Where's that? <laughs> there must be somewhere. <laughs> Sure feels like you are. So just by Rick's attitude here, you can tell their pressure is really getting to him. Edward comes in, sees the boys studying, like, oh, I'm so proud of you, son. I love you. You keep working hard. And then Kate comes in, it's like, I just want to get a little snack. And she pulls out a giant Thanksgiving turkey, which the boys have already picked at till there's nothing left. She's also got a head of lettuce. Like, a snack is not a giant... She's probably gonna make a sandwich, but still. It's like... And she's, like, making all this racket and stuff, and Rick keeps looking at, like, Kate, do you mind? We're trying to study. Can you, like, get out of here? And apparently this study session is too much for Rick, because he turns on Alfonso and Freddy, saying... Look, if you guys aren't going to be serious, can you please get out of here? You don't care about your grades. I care about mine. My dad's on my butt. I really got to perform. Get just... And, of course, Alfonso and Freddie take offense to Rick's poor attitude and not lightening up. And they're like, all right, let's go find some place we can go where we're appreciated. And Freddie's like, where's that? And Alfonso's like, I don't know. And Kate, of course, overhears Rick saying, my dad is pressuring me. I gotta get a good grade. I really, this is so important to him. So I'm really thinking that Kate is finally gonna go to Edward and, like, you are putting way too much pressure on your son. This isn't healthy. I mean, he says, Rick said he's got 60 hours before the exams. I'm like, I don't think cramming 24-7 is going to, I, I think that even might be, it could be effective, depending on the person, it could be effective, or otherwise, if you're starting to the point of a breakdown or something, I think that could probably do more harm than good. What about flashcards? I mean, that could be kind of something. Well, at least this isn't going the family ties route where Alex ended up taking speed to be able to um, study all night. And then I guess he was taking some type of a, of a early college admission placement test or something, which he ended up oversleeping and missing the test. We get a little montage here of Rick, like, 
looking at the book, asking himself questions in his head, and then trying to figure it out, and then check the book to make sure it's correct. So this must be over a period of a couple days, because we see Rick sitting at his table, we see candy wrappers, we see, you know, snack wrappers, he's wearing a different shirt, so clearly this is a different day. Poor kid is just, he looks exhausted. He's putting his hand, head down in his hands. Poor guy. He goes over to the window. I thought at first he was, like, going to grab that Nerf ball and, like, you know, actually take a break or something. But he's probably like, no, I can't do that. Dad doesn't want me to do that. But he goes over to the the bay window thing in his bedroom, opens it, and just kind of takes, like, sucks in a good amount of outside air, hoping to maybe hopefully wake him up by, like, a cold rush of air just hitting him in the face and just, like, (gasps) taking a deep breath. Oh, he's even doing jumping jacks in front of his window. And running in place. He's doing whatever he can to be able to stay awake. Is he in his underwear? Like his boxer shorts? Because I'm like, oh, he's wearing like shorts. I'm like, those must be like his pajamas or something. You know, it's like why I'm a folk and it's just seeing him. He's cute. If I were a teenager, I'd be like, oh, Ricky Stratton, you're so cute. Ricky Schroeder. Oh my gosh, was there a timestamp originally? It says 8.10 in the morning. Oh, okay. When he's in his bedroom, it says 12.10 a.m. We don't know what time he actually... He he must have went to bed, like, shortly after. Like, he conked out at that table, and he is down there at 8.10 in the morning. Like, oh, poor guy. a real breakfast like sit down and eat something Rick (laughs) oh shit he forgot his stuff (laughs) there we go (laughs) there he goes out the door again oh is he waiting for results that come to his house did you get the mail while I was upstairs (laughs) Rick you were only upstairs for two minutes (laughs) how do you know you're getting your grades today Talked to Freddy this morning. He already got his. Oh, how'd he do? His parents are throwing a party. No kidding. Yeah, he got straight C's. <laughs> oh, God. Where is that guy? Staring out the door isn't going to make the mailman come any sooner. Where is he? What time does he usually get here? Well, on Saturday, it varies. What do you mean? Varies. Don't they put the guy in a schedule? What's he do, not deliver the mail until he gets inspired? Chill, dude! You know, just because I'm not old enough to vote does not mean I'm not entitled to have my mail delivered on time. Really? I see no sleet out there. Chill! No snow, no gloom of night. <laughs> Nothing to stay him from his appointed rounds. Rick, can't you relax? Yeah, really? I'm sure he did just fine. Oh, Kate, I think I blew the geometry <laughs> test. I went in for the final and I panicked. I don't even know if I put my name on the test. Wait a minute. That could be good. <laughs> Rick, there's no point in torturing yourself. It's all over now. Wake up, Kate, wake up! That's what I'm afraid of. I've got two and a half more years of this. The pressure's just beginning. Where is he? Yeah, you need to talk to Edward. This is not normal. So now, 
it's Saturday. Rick is waiting by the mailbox. Freddie already got his results. Apparently he got seized, which his parents are throwing him a party. Great. Rick is checking the mailbox. Like, what's going on with the mailman? He should be here. What kind of... Doesn't... Don't they have him on a schedule? What is going on? There's not sleet. There's no snow. There's no rain. He should be here. I should have the results in my hand right now. And, of course, Kate is like, Rick, you need to, like, relax. You need to calm down. I'm sure you did... I'm sure you did fine. And Rick's like, oh, my gosh, what if I didn't put my name on the test? Oh, that could be a good thing. And he's like, oh, my gosh, I just... He he thinks he did horribly. And Kate is just looking at... I mean, all this pressure. And Rick's like, I still have two more years of this. I can't... Kate finally, I'm like, yeah, you need to talk to Edward, because this, Rick, this is, this is not healthy, what he's going through. This is just too much. Edward is in the kitchen wearing an apron and cutting up an onion. But, yeah, like, you need to talk to him. This is, this is, enough is enough. I mean, it's one thing to, for Rick to apply himself, but make sure he's doing it for the right reasons, not because you're breathing down his neck because you want him to get into a really good college. <laughs> of course it stings. Yeah, because that worked so well the last time. <laughs> yeah, Kate goes in there and just said, Rick is crazed. I've never seen him like this. He is so worked up over the United States Postal Service. And everyone's like, yeah, I do that when I go to the post office. It's like, no, seriously, you need to have a talk with your son. This is not, this is not good what he's doing. Well, Edward's like, yeah, well, I'll go talk to him. It's like, great, because we're going to get a, uh, oh, my goodness, he is going to have. It didn't help the last time. We put all this pressure on him. Now Edward comes into the living room, and Rick is just standing at the open door, just waiting for that male person to deliver that envelope. Is that how it goes? You get, I never got my results for tests in the mail. I got them in class. Like, they posted them on the wall with your student ID number. Hi, Dad. Hi. How you doing? Me? I'm doing fine. Great. Good. I'm glad. Good. Good. Well, yeah, that's on you, guy. Doesn't want to disappoint you. <laughs> he worked hard. I'm sure he'll do fine. Well, what if he didn't? He's acting like his whole life hangs in the balance over one grade in geometry. Never 
never said anything like that. <laughs> yeah, right. You may not have said it, but that's what he heard. Exactly. All I said was I didn't want to see him make the same mistakes I did. Oh, yeah, and you're a real sad case, aren't you? Kate, I spent a lot of years flailing around, you know, before I straightened up. Well, it couldn't have been that bad. No, we're talking major flailing. <laughs> I wasted eight months at the Commune of Love and Trust. Well, I caught Brother Sunshine swiping my stereos. Well, all that experimenting and searching made you who you are. In depth and character. I like the way you turned out. Well, flailing has its good points. <laughs> Working through your basket case has its bad points. How do you tell your son it's important to work hard, but shouldn't make it a matter of life and death? That's a start. So Everett heads out there and says, hey, Rick, how you doing? And Rick's like, fine, I'm fine. And Everett's like, fine, great. He goes back into the kitchen with Kate and just says he looks miserable. No, he says that Rick looks scared to death. Well, yeah, you put the fear of God to him pretty much. And Everett's like, well, what's he so afraid of? And Kate hits it right on the head. She's like, he doesn't want to disappoint you. He basically acts like this great if, you know, he gets it. It's basically life or death to him. And that's all Edward's doing because he's like, no, you got a B, but you could be getting an A. You got an A in all your other subjects. You could, you should be getting an A in geometry. So he just put all this. Edward's finally realizing that the way, what he said to Rick, so I don't want to see you go down the same path that I went down. And if you buckle down and study, you won't end up like me wasting my life at, you know, a college not knowing what I want to do and this and that. Yeah, Edward says, you know, I'm sure, you know, he studied hard. He'll do fine. And Kate's like, well, what if he didn't do good? What if, you know, he's acting like his whole life hangs on the ba in the balance of this one grade if he passes or fails, basically. So apparently, Edward says that he at one point was in a commune. <laughs> Okay. And Kate says, you know, I like the way that you turned out. Just, and Edward finally comes to the conclusion, like, okay, yeah, I mean, this shouldn't be the end of the world for him. You know, it's just a grade. It's just, so Kate convinces Edward to go back out and talk to Rick. Like, let him know that. Help ease the pressure that you put on his shoulders. <laughs> I got it. Mr. Toddler, I wonder where you are. It's sweepstakes day. I'm getting sick of looking at Ed McMahon's face. <laughs> Registered letter for you, Mr. Stratton. Sign it right there, please. Where's the rest of the mail? One thing at a time, young man. I know what you're waiting for. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Oh. Good luck. <laughs> occupant, occupant, resident, occupant, ethnic man, occupant, Richard Stratton, Shallow Springs School District. Hey! Before you open this, son, I want to tell you something. What? What? I want you to know that I put much too much emphasis on what's in this envelope. Okay, got your point. Can I have it now? No, not yet. Oh, come on! I'm standards for you, and I was making you crazy. And now you're not? 
stay with me on this. I just realized that I've been putting the same terrible pressure on you that my old man used to put on me. Son, that's something I promised I would never do to you. Wait a minute. Are you saying I did all this for nothing? No, 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 that's not it either. It's just a matter of balancing the achievement against the price you have to pay for. The important thing is you gave it your best shot. That's all anybody can ask. So you won't think I'm a failure if I get a B or a C? Absolutely not. How about now? Uh, nah, don't. No. <laughs> Alright, let's see. I can open it now, it doesn't matter. Moment of truth. Guess I'll just go in and check on that soup. I'll just see how that soup's doing. Uh. What's it take, man? It's a grade. <laughs> you did it! You got the A in geometry! Woo! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Doesn't he runs to the door and I'm like oh yeah they still have that door opener but this is probably one of the first times that I can recall him actually just opening the door with his hand instead of using that remote control so of course Rick's out to say what took you so long what have you been doing apparently it's sweepstakes week with Ed McMahon and um, he's got something for Edward and then he has like a few envelopes he hands to Rick and Rick's like after the mailman leaves like all right, let's see. Occupant, resident, resident. Richard Stratton. Here we go. Okay. And he goes and opens it. Well, actually, no. Before he opens it, <laughs> Edward takes it out of his hand and just says, you know, son, I put the same pressures on you that my old man did to me, and I didn't want to do that. And Edward tells Rick, it's like, that's something I promised myself I would never do to you. And I was like, wait a minute. So are you telling me I did all this for nothing? So Edward says, no, it's just a matter of balancing the achievement over the price you pay. Over the price you pay for. I like, I like that. And I like how Edward also adds, it's like, the important thing is you give it your best shot. And that's all anyone can ask. So it's like, so you'd be okay if I got like a B or a C? And Edward's like, yeah. And Rick's like, well, what if I got an F? And what Edward says, don't, don't. Don't push it. <laughs> oh, Rick said, asks, so you won't think I'm a failure if I get a B or a C? It's like, of course I won't. Absolutely not. And Rick's like, hey, how about an F? And Edward's like, don't, don't push it, son. And I swear it's like a weight lifted off of Rick's shoulders when Edward just says, it doesn't matter, just that you did your best, that's all that counts. And I swear Rick takes the longest time looking at it. I'm like, it's one grade. What? How many classes do you have? Seven? <laughs> and Edward's like, oh, I'm going to go check on that soup now. Oh, I'm going to go check on that soup. And then finally he just looks over Rick's shoulder like, come on, you're giving me in suspense here. It's like, I want to like, know too, personally. Rick hands the letter to Edward and Edward's like, you got it, eh? And I'm like, yes! Oh! One day 
last episode and um when Kate said that Amanda was there to see him and so that's what that scene was in the opening I wonder like what is that scene where Rick jumps into Edward's arms and I'm like, okay, so that's where this came from. I'm like, I was kind of thinking, like, maybe it had something to do with, like, a grade or, or something. For, I probably thought that was like, oh, maybe Rick got accepted into a college. But I'm like, no, it's just a grade for geometry. But um, that's pretty much the episode. I got to say, okay, I liked this episode for it being a teachable moment about applying yourself and and wanting to do well and everything and it showed the pressure that sometimes a parent will put on a child to do more than just their best like they want them to do more like you know just the, the pressure that some parents put on their kids to really really achieve more than maybe what they might be capable of or more that the kid is stressing themselves out like rick was doing in this episode um so, I gotta say, I liked this episode, but I kind of want to give it a two out of five. Like, uh, well, no, I'll give, I'll give it a three. A lot of these I give three out of five because I, I liked the subject matter. I liked that it was a teachable moment. Like I said, it showed Rick getting that pressure and just kind of, you know, turning on his friends. Because he wanted to, you know, make his dad proud, which is, you know, understandable. Um, let's see. You know, Edward finally realizing, like, I did push my kid too hard and apologizing to Rick, just saying, I just want what's best for you. I want you to do well. And really, it just matters that you did your best. That's all that matters. So, um... I'd have to say, honestly, the thing that I didn't like about it, I was not, no. I mean, that William Dasher kid, like, ugh. But also, Edward and Dexter's conversation. I mean, Dexter's just being honest with Edward about, and it's not like, he's not putting down your son. He's telling you, from being a Harvard graduate and stuff, what that school would expect from a student and Rick unfortunately just wouldn't meet the qualifications or the requirements of what Stan or Stanford <laughs> of what Harvard would be looking for in a student. So, um, and just Edward, just the pressure that he put on his son and just saying, it's almost like he had a picture of this perfect student in his mind it's like well if this guy can do it clearly Rick can do it you know there's nothing wrong with my son he can apply himself and everything like this and I just I don't like how you put all that pressure on his, on Rick but I think definitely that kids of that time in 85 could identify now that Rick is getting older that they're bringing to the forefront some semi-realistic topics of or subjects plot lines that kids can feel they can identify with in in Rick and everything um Silver Spoonful is gonna be this don't put so much pressure on your kid that they feel like if they don't perform to your expectations that they are a failure in your eyes don't 
don't do that to them and don't make them feel like that is the only way to make you proud. That is terrible to do to a child. Just let them know that their best, that if they put forth their best effort, that they will succeed. That with putting forth your best effort and really working towards a goal, that you can really achieve greatness. Just And not to put undue stress onto a child like that. That is just, just not right. All right, join me next week for the next two episodes I'll be focusing on. Season 4, Episode 11, The Barbarians, which aired on December 8th, 1985. So we are almost, we are so close to 1986 at this point. Oh, boy. We've gotten plenty of episodes of John Houseman already in Season 4. Ay, ay, ay. Oh, this is, oh, this is, oh, man. Maybe I might end up liking it, but the... Summary of this next episode, The Barbarian, just sounds really hokey. Edward's father invites him and Rick to join him at a lodge, and it is there that he unleashes his wild side. When one of his lodgemates plays a prank on him, he sets out to get back at him with Edward and Rick's help. You gotta be... You gotta be kidding me, is what I want to say. This is... This is ridiculous. Come on. But like I said, there are some good episodes. There are a bit of hokey ones that are just like, come on, enough with this already. Like, they're ran out of material. Um, season 4, episode 12, Three Musketeers, which aired on December 15th, 1985. Freddy writes a letter that catches the attention of Congressman Tip O'Neill. I, who, I don't know who that is. Uh, we get to see Troy Lippincottleman, so uh, Freddie's father. We got Thomas P. Tip O'Neill, so I guess the guy is playing himself. Someone named Cheryl Ann. We also have a reporter, and we see Brad and someone named John Clark. Maybe he's a student? I have no idea. All right. Um, this is going to be the final episode with, um, Corky Pigeon as Freddie Lippincottleman. I can't believe how many friends Rick has lost over the course of four seasons. First it was Derek, then it was JT, now it's Freddie. I feel like, didn't he have someone else that he, um, other than, you know, one-bit side characters that you only saw for an episode... But you saw JT, I think, in what season? I think it was mainly just season one, right? Or was it season two also? Because Derek was also in season two, but he was out the door in St. Louis Blues. So basically now it's just going to be a trio of Rick, Alfonso, and Brad after the Three Musketeers episode. So, all right. That being said, like I said, I thought these were... Oh, oh, I want to see what one I liked better. Okay. Okay, I'm going to be honest. Even though I'm going to go about this episode, um, I think I'm going to go with um, A Magnificent Obsession. I liked it a little bit more. I'm going to say because of the music. I like the music. I thought that was good. I mean, I liked the subject matter of the second episode, but I kind of... 
the other one I liked a little bit more. So, all right, everyone have a wonderful week. And I will be back next week with uh, the Barbarians and the Three Musketeers episode. All right, bye-bye, everybody. Together, we're gonna fight now.